Hey, I'm Danny Purrington, and you're listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. I'm an elopement photographer who loves anything grilled cheese and traveling to weird and wild places around the globe. After being an entrepreneur for four years and building a six-figure business that I love running, I'm here to teach you everything from actionable tips on running a successful and thriving business to what's on my heart and how we can continuously seek to glorify Jesus even in our businesses. So here we go. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Rooted Creative Podcast. I am here with Summer Grace from Summer Grace Photo. You may follow her on Instagram and have seen some of her beautiful photo work, and I'm so excited to have her on today to not only talk about photography, editing, creativity, all of the things, but just like so much more, and I am inspired by you. Hi, Summer. Welcome. How you doing? (laughs) Hi, guys. I uh, currently have a cold, so I may sound a little strange, but I'm doing good. And I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're so excited to have you, and you sound great. And um, we're so stoked that you're still here, even though I know being sick is terrible, and we we hate being sick. So, um, but Summer, for those of you who don't know who you are, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are, and even maybe your journey with how you got started with photography. Oh my gosh, yes. So I'm Summer Grace, uh, also Summer Freeman. Grace is my middle name. Um, I currently live outside of Seattle, Washington, but I'm originally from like a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia. So Mm -hmm. a little bit north, I moved out to the West Coast at 18. Um, I moved out to take a media internship for my art marketing program for college. So I started college early and really just took that min- like internship to get into the art program. Mm-hmm. But once I was there, I got offered a job at a nonprofit doing their media and took it. I didn't go home. I didn't have a car. Didn't really have anywhere to live. Um, didn't really have anything, honestly. It was kind of crazy. And when I think back on it, I can't believe I did that. But the job was terrible. Um, So about six months after the job, I quit with no Mm -hmm. bookings. I mean, not many friends, so no word of mouth (laughs) and said I would be a full-time photographer. At this point, I had been shooting for like three years. Mm -hmm. I started when I was 17. I was about to turn 19 when I quit that job. And it was a wonderful job when it came to pay, but just wasn't fulfilling. And I met an elopement photographer, which back then, before COVID, I had no idea what an elopement was. Like, she was like, yeah, I just like hiked 12 miles in Tahoe and got paid like 12K. And my mind was absolutely shattered. Uh, I had no idea. I had no idea what an elopement was. When she mm-hmm. said I should be an elopement photographer, I was like, I, "What? what's an elopement? Like, I genuinely, I didn't even know what it was. I had no idea what she was saying. Didn't even know what the word meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after that, I branded myself for like the last three months of my six months stint to that job to be an elopement photographer. I uh, like hitched rides to hike waterfalls with thrifted dresses and built this portfolio. And literally, it's just crazy. I postmated for like a month before like after I quit the job and just built a savings account I mean now Mm -hmm. looking back I don't know how I ate I feel like some of my gut issues was probably from that stage of life Um, (laughs) but literally lived in a tiny home for the first six months so super cheap rent I mean composting toilet cut my hair because the shower only lasted three minutes and you know I don't I mean, that I salaried myself since the first day of quitting my job. And, you know, I lived off of like a thousand a month for my first six to nine months full time. Thinking wow. about that now, I literally, when I think about it, have no idea how I ate food. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a much longer story. But basically, right. I fell in love with the West Coast and I was shooting landscapes so that girl that I met me and my boyfriend at that time had modeled for her Mm -hmm. and she had followed me from like kind of that landscape photography world so I was like well you're saying I can make like a livable income like going to nature oh man like I'm gonna quit my job Mm -hmm. um so I really full sent if I 
wouldn't have gotten bookings, I probably would have had to move home. But within the six months in that tiny home, I moved to Seattle. And uh, I mean, that's a whole nother story. I didn't have somewhere to live in Seattle for two months. So I was like kind of houseless. Um, mm-hmm. Not on purpose. It was not on purpose. My people I was going to live with fell through. But um, mm-hmm. basically had enough of an income to move north, which I didn't like where I was living in Oregon. So it's crazy that within six months, the business grew enough to literally provide for myself in a way that was more sustainable. But yeah, I've moved about four times since then. I now live with my fiance and we're getting married in October. Oh, so exciting. I know you guys are the cutest. I love all of your photos. Um, So you've moved four times since then. So how when you decided to become an elopement photographer, how long has that been now to where you are now? Um, I'm trying to think. 18, 19. I'm only 23. Um, oh, my gosh. So <laughs> 19, 20, like, like four-ish years. Okay, yeah. 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 Probably so where, like three and a half yeah. to four. Okay. So where would you say like your business is – as far as like providing for you nowadays compared to obviously where you are making a thousand living, I should say living off a thousand a month, which is insane to me. I don't, I I don't know. (laughs) I think back and I'm like, yeah, I went to grocery outlet and bought like black bean burgers and that was like all I ate on like a hot plate. Um, but for that stage of life, I didn't even care. I didn't really notice. Now we eat like grass fed meats and like really high quality food. Oh, good. (laughs) Um, but we have the salary to do that, which is wonderful because mm-hmm. I did end up in the hospital during one wedding season with extreme gut issues. And I think when you're a traveling wedding photographer, it's really easy to just eat poorly mm-hmm. and cheaply. You know, you're just on the go, fast food. Right. Um, and yeah, last year I literally like ended up in the hospital because I like couldn't move for like 10 hours with gut issues. Oh, my so, gosh. It's really cool that I make enough to now eat well. Um, (laughs) But yeah, my life has been changed just radically. Uh, I could never imagine. I Yeah, every time I think back on that stage of life, I don't even know how I did it. Um, It's almost like you just hustled like there's almost like a period where you're growing your business where you kind of have to hustle a little bit and sacrifice a little bit. And then once you get to that point, you're like, this is so much better than what yeah. I had going previously. But well, and it's crazy because the tiny home was weirdly like one of my favorite places I've ever lived. It mm. was just, uh, it was fresh out of a breakup. Um, so that wasn't really like in the plans either. Mm-hmm. The ex-boyfriend just gave me the dog that we owned, which when I say we, like he owned it. So about a month into my full-time journey, I have a dog. I don't have anywhere to live. So that's why I ended up in the tiny home. I had this little like room in someone's home and it was super cheap. They were just wanting me to like make it, but -hmm. they didn't allow dogs. So when the boyfriend broke up with me and gave me the dog, I'm a month into full time, full time. I didn't have any bookings. Um, (laughs) Working full time. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm like, I'm supposed to travel the whole world and shoot elopements with a dog. Um, so it was quite the journey. Do you still have said dog? Yes, Indigo. She's right next to me right now. Oh, she's just chilling. She's so you the kept best. Indigo. Yeah, she she literally is so good. So it worked out really well. Basically, mm-hmm. anyone will like volunteer to watch her for free. It's the best because she's oh, that's good. Literally the best dog. She has gone on so many road trips. We owned a van for a short period of time, and she went on every trip with us and. She just loves being in cars. Like, I mean, if we don't take her in the car at least once a week, I feel like she actually gets depressed. You can tell. So it's perfect. So she loves to be out. out. Yeah. Yeah, She loves it. Loves it. That's always like, that's always like a concern with like traveling photographers. If they get like a dog or have kids, they're like, oh, well, now we can't travel as much, which in a way is true. But I feel like I had two dogs and I did two years of crazy travel. So it's possible. But. it's definitely like a lot easier when you have van life or something where yeah. <laughs> dogs can come with you. <laughs> now with now my like trick if we have like an elopement 
like on the coast or something is I'll just get an Airbnb for an extra day. That way she can stay there. Even if we're not staying that night, that way she can hang out there like while we're shooting and then we'll just get her and just leave at night. And I mean, if we end up being tired and we want to sleep there, we can. If not, no worries. So that's my new trick that kind of works. Yeah, that's really smart. Um, So your story is so beautiful because it's almost like you've built this amazing business that's been able to just not only provide for your health and your life, but just so much more. And so I guess like when did you start seeing the turn where you started getting bookings and what were you kind of doing to get more of those bookings? Like when did you see that happening? Yeah. So I actually was going to school I said art program for business first and I hated accounting. So I dropped the business program because they had an art marketing program. So half art, which would have been photography and half marketing, which would have been social networking. So basically what I'm doing today. So I am that psycho that actually likes social media and it doesn't affect me mentally as bad as I feel like the average human. You know, you see like accountants and they love numbers. I hate it. That's why I dropped business. Mm -hmm. I see the numbers of social media and I do actually enjoy it. So I was doing media in those internships, like helping their Facebooks, their Instagrams, stuff like that. So I would have actually gotten a degree in this. So that all plays into when I quit, I just told myself this was like before reels and stuff. So like I'm going to post every day no matter what. And I'm going to pick a time because if it's a part of my habits, then I know I'm going to do it. And before and after, I'm going to interact with the people that I also like look up to and would like to be friends with. So I'd wake up at like 10 from like 11 to 12. I just interact, make friends, try and grow my community, post. So I do believe that brought me a lot of social media friends. And that led to me also taking a lot of road trips with all of these people or doing styled shoots with them, just hanging out. The beginning stage of my photography journey was the funnest stage of my life. It was just, I was hanging out with photographers all the time. We were just shooting for fun. I'd ask random couples in coffee shops to shoot with me. And I, on that weird $1,000 salary, somehow went all the way from Oregon to Joshua Tree and back with two girls on a photography road trip. Don't know how I afforded that, Um, but I did it. So I was getting all the content and meeting so many people. I genuinely think within the first six months, I probably met over 100 photographers. Oh, my gosh. Um, That's a crazy number. (laughs) I was like a psycho. Um, But I love people and I, I loved like collaborating and just shooting for fun. And I think that led to a lot of obviously content and portfolio but also a lot of genuine connections. And since it wasn't my first year shooting, I did have the shooting experience. So it wasn't as much about the quality, but about how experienced in the industry I was. So doing that for those six months really helped. And I got a ton of bookings from other photography friends as well as social media because that social media did grow from there. Um, I didn't have a large following from the landscape world, but it also wasn't small. I probably started out with like five or 6,000 when I did that transition. Mm -hmm. And the landscape world and the elopement world kind of fit together. So it kind of worked out. It was a good transition. So social media and friends, friends were just sending me when they were booked. They'd like, hey, here's this like new girl. She's good. You could inquire with her. I was also, you know, cheaper. So I mean, I equate a lot of my success to the friends in the beginning for sure. Yeah, I would say that's such like a tool that a lot of photographers don't realize. And that's like something so valuable to gain when you go to like networking events. I guess like when you say you met like a hundred photographers, you have to tell me how that's possible. Did you go to events? Did you attend meetups? Like how did that happen? <laughs> I mean, so on that trip from Joshua Tree and back, we I was with two girls and we also met up with a whole group of traveling photographers. So that was probably like met 10 people on that trip somehow. Um, I went to like a style shoot on that trip. So add 10 more people. Um, From there, I mean, in my community, there's at least like 10 people I can think of that I was like getting coffee with. Um, I was driving to Hood River to hang out with one of my good friends that we're still good friends. And I shoot in Hood River a lot now. So that's super cool. I was driving all over. I 
Yeah. I mean, don't quote me that it was 100, but it was a lot because I could probably think of 25 people off the top of my head. And I'm sure there were so many more because I was in Bend. I was in Eugene. I was in Hood River. I was in Portland. I was in California um, and everywhere. I'd just be like, let's get coffee or let's do this. Let's shoot this. Did you hear the news? Our next workshop is coming officially this July with myself and Macy Francis. And honestly, we could not be more stoked to meet our next set of Rooted Workshop ladies. Every workshop, frankly, is so different and so special. And this one is going to be particularly special because we are headed back to Utah. You heard me. You guys asked. So... I delivered because our content retreat sold out so quickly this January, and so many of you were interested in shooting in Utah again, we've decided to head back to your favorite places. That's right, we're headed back to the Salt Flats, the Sand Dunes, and the beautiful Utah Mountains again, and this time in the summer. So let's get ready for the heat instead of the cold this time. We're going to be so excited. You're going to have a lecture from me, which is all about things business and how to build this business of yours into the dream that you want it to be. And a lecture from Macy about the identity and brand that you want to create in your business and how you can bring it all back to your faith. There are also two ticket options for this workshop, one with a housing and food option and one without housing, but food included. So both of these tickets include food. The only difference is one does not have housing. So hangouts at the workshop house will obviously be included for both tickets. We just can't simply house all of you in one house this year. So we are going to need multiple houses. You can view all of that and more by going to www.rootedwrkshp.com forward slash rooted dash Utah dash 2023, as well as more information about the workshop itinerary and payment options. Tickets are on sale February 22nd at 8 a.m. Pacific sharp and make sure you're on our email list for first tips because these workshops have been known to sometimes sell out within five minutes of launching. So make sure you are ready to get your ticket. Are you going to be at our next Rooted? We hope to see you there. The dates are July 10th through 13th. So if you can make it, we want you there. Hope to see you there, friend. That's so fascinating. And I really think that making friends in the industry is like a huge part of success, especially early on. You can find those friends. Like that's a great way to just get easy inquiries, easy leads. So very good. But I, um, I obviously want to dive into your photography because you are so inspiring, um, just with your edit style and everything that you do as far as like telling stories and, um, capturing couples. So I want to first start by asking how were you, you obviously like kind of went to school for art and things like that. So that makes a lot of sense, but how were you able to find a style in your elopement photography that you think resonated well with your art and storytelling? Okay. So let me preface with, I actually don't shoot as many elopements as I do weddings now. Mm. I actually got kind of burnt out with them after COVID because I felt like they were more for Instagram than they were for like the emotional side of it. Um, So now I shoot mostly weddings, but on the storytelling side of it, honestly, I feel like the majority of that hit after last year's wedding season, I got super burnt out and almost decided to not shoot couple sessions at all. I was like, wow. I, I can't do these. I feel like they're just, you know, one hour in a cool location and it just feels like I'm going and getting a job done. And like, that's not what I want to be as an artist. Like, why would I be a photographer if that was why I was doing it? Right. And it felt like, yeah, like all of the big Instagram spots, all the cool locations, we're going to go there and I'm going to pay you this we're going to shoot for an hour and we're going to get that like Instagram shot. And Mm -hmm. that literally sucked my entire soul out of my body. I was traveling from almost Canada at this popular spot called Artist Point to Cannon Mm -hmm. Beach, probably like seven times in August alone, just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I just, it felt way too repetitive for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I then changed my entire packages because I told myself, I was like, there has to be an answer to this. There's no way that I just shouldn't shoot couple sessions. That's ridiculous. I'm a couples mm-hmm. photographer. I should love this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, 
I don't want to just do sessions though. And that was the thing. So I stripped my entire packages and now I only offer one. It's all inclusive. It is at a higher price, but it's a two to three hour session. So I literally don't offer anything shorter than two hours, which Mm -hmm. most photographers would think is crazy. Um, (laughs) I am very involved, especially obviously at a higher price. I can be way more involved than having like a one hour and a two hour session. Right. So I'm very involved. I help them plan the whole thing. I get to know them so much. And it is a storytelling-based session. So whether they met at a bar, whether they love playing chess, who knows what that may look like. We can rent a bar on Peer Space, and then we can go out in nature and do some more nature things. So I tell my clients, I'm like, it really is like I'm creating a miniature indie film for you and your love story. Mm. And I like to think of it like, If you're kind of with a fashion shoot, there will be a creative director and the photographer is just a photographer and they have this whole mood board of what the story is going to tell. And, you know, they might have reference images and all these things on their art deck. But same with couples photography, except for I'm the photographer and the art director. I come with a plan and a mood. And if we do create a Pinterest board, I tell them to focus on mood, not poses. So you know, there might be textures in it or things that just give a feeling. And we are really out here trying to create their basically, yeah, like short film, but in mm-hmm. photo form. So I, I seriously love that so freaking much. Life. Changed my life forever. Wow. Keep going. Tell me, like, how do you, how do you, so you tell them we're, we're going to do this indie film. Um, yes. This is your indie film. Yes. Do you send them a questionnaire? Do you meet with them beforehand? How do you get to know them and like really do that well? So I love taking calls. I actually don't have any questionnaires. Even for my wedding clients, we take like really long calls and Mm -hmm. they're normally super involved. Um, So same with the sessions. We will take calls. And I mean, even last weekend, I did styled sessions with my friend. We just did like little content things for fun. But taking elements of what the couples were, like one couple, they literally love their like little vintage cars. And uh, the boyfriend, he has bought and his girlfriend like this blue, I think, Mercedes. It's super cute. Um, And then he has like three other cars. He was telling us all about how he just loves working on these cars. He literally Mm -hmm. has a scar from when a jack fell on him and his like hand got stuck under the car like he just loves working on them so since this wasn't their session it was a styled one but this is a really good example I have gone on dates with Jake my fiance and we will leave from Tacoma take the ferry to Vashon which is an island over here and we will like farm stand hop so there's all these farm stands you can go up to them and just like Venmo them for your groceries or meats all this kind of stuff super cool way to get your food And then we will go and either like eat pizza or go to like the pop shop, which has like cider and wine, stuff like that. Um, Or we'll go to like a cidery, which is super awesome. It was winter, so we were not going to sit outside at a cidery for this session. But we did. We met them in Seattle and took the ferry from Seattle since they live out there. And we shot in Seattle with their car, hopped on the ferry, shot in the ferry, went to farm stands, went to the ocean, and then ended with pizza. And this was like a date I've done. I've always been like, I would love to capture this. And Mm. so I sent them like, this is the plan. How do you guys feel? And they're like, this sounds so amazing. It feels like us. And when we got to the island, they're like, we're coming back. This is so fun. So that's like a good example of like what, like that shoot was probably like four hours, but Mm -hmm. you know, driving in between, but that would be a very similar thing that I would do with a client. Yeah. And it just like really tells their story. So it's not just like, the cookie cutter let's just go to a field and take photos it's like no we're gonna go do all of these activities and fun things and just like it might not be like you know the typical engagement shoot that you might see most couples doing but it tells the story of you better I love that so much yeah so like that one obviously was telling Jake and I story through this couple right um, right but they were perfect for it and I knew that they would love this island so since it was Mm -hmm. more styled session I was like can we do this they're like yes that sounds so amazing and they literally told me they're like we're going back in the summer and I was like let's do it again you know yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah so that's a good example of like if Jake if we had had a photographer like that could have been a type of session I would have had 
for our engagement session. Right. Like, let's go to Vashon. And if someone was shoot with me for four hours, who knows? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of I like to know about them, what they do. And it obviously is a newer thing because I started implementing it after my like burnout in August. But right. I've heard great feedback from it so far. So far, the couples that are on board and want to shoot that long think it's so cool. Um, and the couples that don't, I just refer them to other people and I'm totally right. okay with that. Right. They might not be the right fit anyway because that's yeah. not the type of couples time. you're trying to book. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I'm like, a lot of people can't imagine being in front of a camera for two to three hours, but it's also so relaxed. You feel like you're just hanging out with me. You're not, we're not taking photos the whole entire time. We might mm-hmm. literally, I like when we take a break in the middle sometimes and go eat or go get a drink together. I've mm-hmm. done that before with a couple that like started at a bar and ended at the ocean. We just sat at the bar and like ate food in between to like take a break and change outfits. Yeah. I love that. So relaxed, more of just like a casual session. It's not like on a timeline. I really love that. So yeah. um, so I guess like a follow-up to that, and I know this is something that's going to be spoiler alert in summer school, possibly yes. posing, right? Yeah. So I need to know how <laughs> how do you get those editorial shots and still tell that story of the couple? Are your couples, I guess a maybe a preface question to this is are most of your couples more of an editorial vibe? So does that already just come naturally or do you they expect that from you? What do you think? Well, I do feel like because of all the stuff I put out there, I do attract a lot of couples that are like me and my style. Mm-hmm. And even like like me personally, since I put a lot of myself out there. And because I don't honestly post a lot of like ooey gooey intimate stuff, um, <laughs> I don't feel like I get as many couples like that, which mm-hmm. is cool. And I will obviously like take a steamy making out photo if someone wants it and normally still take those in sessions. But the type of posing I do, I do get a lot of clients that kind of like that. A lot of clients like Jake and I, Jake and I doesn't like when we're modeling for people, we get really uncomfortable if they want us to be cute, you know? <laughs> so I feel like I attract a lot of couples like that as well. Yeah, um, right. Um, a lot of couples that are like, oh, yeah, like I don't I don't want to be too PDA, but we want really fun pics. Mm-hmm. So kind of mixing those two together and mixing the romantic. And if someone is super romantic, then kind of emphasizing that and bringing that side out of me with a more moody kind of twist. Mm. But yeah, so I feel like a lot of couples kind of are on board, but I do feel like one thing that will be emphasized even in the posing course is that I taking that art director kind of standpoint, if you're on set of an editorial, and for those of y'all that don't know what I'm talking about, just kind of research like fashion industry editorial. If you're on set, the creative director might have a whole script and a whole art deck and if they want a shot and they have a vision for the story, they're going to do it more than once if they have to. Mm. So I always tell people like there is no shame if you have a vision for what's going to complete your story or your shoot or whatever that might look like. Like, okay, let's do it again. The shot's not working. Okay, we cut it. You don't have to keep going or force something that doesn't feel natural. And it's also okay to keep doing something until you get it. And when you communicate with your client like very clearly, I think it really helps because if you just tell them, hey, like we need to do this again, it's looking so good, but it's just not there yet. They're going to be like, cool. Yeah. Like I'm going to keep, keep doing this pose. And like mm-hmm. I, while having things be natural are still really involved in that like slight fashion side of me that right. does get them to not just be candid because if you're only candid ever and only prompting, then I do feel like sometimes people's you know, that we do have good sides and we do have good angles. And I still want my couples to get these photos back and be, not be like, mm, I have my mouth open and like half of them are, you know, I want them to get them back and be like, dang, I look good and they mm. look good, you know? So kind of emphasizing that like fashion twist to couples more posing and prompting. Cause I do feel like I do like kind of half of both, half posing, half prompting. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's brilliant. I think um, it's different than anything that I've heard as far as posing because most of like what a lot of educators teach is just like, oh, candid, authenticity, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But to a degree, like if you're more, you know, to your style where you're more like artistic and you have that vision for the shoot and it's from a more um, 
artist perspective, then yeah, you probably have a specific vision of how you envision a shot to be. Mm-hmm. And and so in order to get that, it does maybe require a couple takes or something that yeah. like maybe a, you know, studio shoot might look like or you know something like that. Um and I think that that's like really interesting perspective-wise from someone who I personally like the way that I shoot is like not that way. It's very much more like all smiles and like let's just have yeah. fun type deal. So it's really interesting for me to hear that perspective inside of it because um, – and I wanted to follow up with this and the fact that it aligns like exactly with the people that are coming to you. I think you're doing that really well because if you're getting a lot of those couples already that are already like in that mindset – then the marketing and everything that you're putting out there is working great because those people are finding you, right? And that's essentially, I think, what a lot of photographers also struggle with is finding those people that will fit that style. Um, So it's really important to like keep showcasing that. And I think you do that really well on social media. Um, as Primarily, that's where I see a lot of your work. So, (laughs) and I know you love it, which is like insane to me. I can't believe. I know. (laughs) I mean, that's what I was going to do as a career had I not fallen into photography. So True. I, I commend you. I commend you for that. Um, okay. So I guess for photographers looking to be like more creative, right? Maybe they want to add some more artistry to their work and not just like the whatever standard wedding photography. What are some of like your top tips for helping them find their unique creativity? Hmm. Oh, I feel like don't be scared to experiment. I think that's the number one thing I did a ton of when I first started. I was trying all the double exposures, the cellophane, fractals, all the things. And don't be scared to just push yourself. Like if you think something might be weird, okay, try it anyways, you know, yeah. Um, always push yourself and we can always get better. And that's what I feel like I've fallen into realizing a lot because I truly feel like I've almost found myself as an artist the most in the last five months of this winter season, which is crazy Mm. because we barely shoot in the winter. Um, So it just shows like no one's ever done growing and learning. And even I feel like I've probably learned the most in the last four months about who I am as an artist and what my style is than I've probably ever learned in the last four or five years of doing more wedding type things. I feel like there's why do you why do you think that is? Do you feel like you pushed yourself a certain way or why do you think just in the past five months that you've grown so quick, like so much? I've really been trying to reflect on this. I feel like a lot of it has to do with being okay with experimenting with lighting that I'm not as comfortable with. Mm. I think what's interesting is I feel like some couples may have been like, hey, can I see something with just like sun? But instead of me shooting in the sun or in the shadows, I'm like manipulating the sun more and using the harsh shadows and the contrast and things that in the past may have scared me as a newer photographer. Mm -hmm. I feel like now I'm so comfortable with settings. Settings isn't a thing that's going to worry me that I'm so much more comfortable with just pushing myself even further I've gotten new cameras which has been really cool I got like the Fuji which has been really fun and I have been shooting a lot more film which taught me a lot last year and during wedding season was my first time really adding it in as like a paid thing Mm -hmm. and I'd shot it when I was a kid but adding it back into wedding photography was a new adventure that taught me even more about light I feel like in composition so I just feel like being so confident in not only your skill and your business to be able to then experiment with things you wouldn't have normally been comfortable with was really what played into it. But I do feel like light has been a huge thing for me recently. I love shadows and I mean, I got like a promise filter and I didn't have one of those. So having that on my camera for kind of that like hazy blooming light behind mm. it has been super fun and really felt like it's like helping me find my style. So I truly, I mean, I attribute it all to light. I feel like recently everything I talk about is just light. I'm like, oh, the light, oh, the shadows. Like I've, I'm just loving a photo that back in the day I would have been scared to take. Mm. And how like cool that is too, because photographers, basically all we are, are people manipulating light. No, Like literally. that's literally what photography is, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Actually. So, yeah, no, and it's it's really cool. And I love how like into film – and just the education that you've been sharing with film too, 
um, has been really insightful and inspiring as well. Cause I think it's really funny to just watch everything just come back around and everybody's just getting back into film. Yeah. I was at target the other day and I saw that they're selling film cameras. I'm like, are yeah. you really? Yeah, okay. Like, well, if it's at target, <laughs> I guess it's like a trend now. So, um, which is super interesting, but uh, yeah. And I love that, you know, even if it does start with like a cellophane cover over your camera or, you know, tights, putting tights around your camera, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like, I love that you can push yourself to go further. I wanted to follow up with that though. Would you say that maybe like the burnout caused a little more of a push for you to find your passion again in photography? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it gave me the push I needed to it, like get back into my roots and okay this is hard so I feel like the burnout helped me discover who I want to be long term and what's Mm -hmm. sustainable for myself and you know photography is not the most sustainable business for a lot of people Um, it's hard on our bodies on our minds Mm -hmm. we can obviously fall into working like 24 7 which is you know a flaw of mine (laughs) and no one really talks about how unsustainable it really is until it hits you and you're like, I'm working 80 hours a week. And Mm -hmm. yes, I'm making a livable income, but is this what I'm supposed to be doing with my life in the sense that we shouldn't be working that much. We should be working as much as a normal human or less, you know? And I think a lot of people, when you are an entrepreneur and that is kind of who you're born to be, you can definitely fall into just overworking and overworking and overworking. And so I think less of the style and more of just finding what's sustainable for my life was really good for me to find. Like Mm -hmm. what session is going to be fulfilling for me long-term and what mindset, I feel like a lot of it was mindset. How am I going to approach talking to my clients differently in a way that will be more fulfilling for both myself and my art Mm long-term, not just because it's good photos or because other people like it, but what's going to help me in the future not hit that wall. Because that really was like the first time I feel like I've ever been like, quote unquote, burnt out. I feel like I normally had good boundaries with that. Yeah. And especially if you're going back to the same places, like you said, over and over and over again, at that point, it just kind of becomes like <laughs> harder to be more creative, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. So I, that's that's kind of why I was thinking. I wonder, I was wondering if that had any like pull on it. But definitely, I agree with everything you said and um, creating a sustainable business, but one that you're still passionate about is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So if let's say you show up to a shoot, maybe, maybe this doesn't even happen to you, but I wanted to ask anyway. Um, But let's say you show up to a shoot and your couple just like, isn't vibing or just like, is not comfortable in front of the camera. How do you get them comfortable? How do you get them vibing, relaxed, What's your process? Because you said, you know, you take breaks in between shoots, which is like great, but like maybe even in the beginning to kind of get like the nerves or anything out. How do you kind of like get them in that space? Well, I always try and meet up with my couples like 30 minutes ahead of our, you know, two to three hour shoot already. (laughs) Yeah. Just to hang out and get to know each other and see each other in real life. And when you see a photographer like me with like five cameras on me, like that would be intimidating for anyone. I literally show up to shoots with like, four or five cameras on my body it's insane oh my gosh okay I'm imagining like film cameras right yes like with digital the r5 the g2 and then like medium format and a point and we do all the things oh my gosh like yeah right (laughs) I was like someone count how many cameras on my body I think there's six so and you deliver all the photos from all those cameras um so each each film camera has its own purpose for my style and you know, one of them has a flash, one of them doesn't. One of them's medium format, one of them's not. Uh, one of them has black and white in it. Sometimes I'll throw in some Polaroids at weddings so I can send them to them afterwards. So yeah, I do normally deliver from all of the cameras. That's but how much how much more time does that take to do just like workflow wise? Side note. <laughs> um, well, I drop all my film off at a lab nearby that gets it back mm-hmm. pretty fast. That's so good. It's not a ton extra. I do throw them into Lightroom and like tweak the crops and angles because I'm the queen of sometimes crooked photos. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it doesn't add a ton. I think the hardest part was just getting used to like, well, do I get this on digital? Do I get this on film? What if I don't get it on digital and the film fails? Like that's terrifying. So just getting used to 
the workflow of having that many cameras that's the hardest mm-hmm. part like sometimes i'll get back and be like darn it i only took 30 pics of my fuji but i love my fuji i wish i took 300 you know mm-hmm. but i mean every session still turns out fine but it's definitely yeah. hard to know which one to prioritize but on a wedding if i'm shooting film which normally i am they will also have a second shooter so i'll be able to pass off a camera or two to the second shooter which is that's nice, nice. that's but, good i okay well i had to ask because that well, just is insane back to what <laughs> you were saying so you're showing up <laughs> you're showing up with five up. cameras obviously yeah. intimidating for anyone mm-hmm. um but genuinely i think sometimes the more posy like posy in the sense that like stand here look this way i do do that stuff and i think with that clients don't get as uncomfortable in the beginning because they're like oh i'm in a stance i know i look good she's looking out for me and we're not moving too much so they're not like oh where am i supposed to be looking they're like oh cool i'm supposed to look there so i think sometimes with that like mix of poses and prompts it can kind of be more comfortable because they're confident in how they're standing and how they're looking because I'm helping Mm. them with that. Mm -hmm. So instead of like, I mean, sometimes we might start out walking or something, you know, just to get them warmed up. But instead of, you know, running around and doing things more fast paced, I think sometimes for my couples starting out with something more soft and structural can help them feel confident in how they look, who they are, and also just start out at a slow pace. I'm a much slower shooter than I feel like most of my friends are um so I move pretty slow I take time in between poses and I feel like for some people they might be worried the client will get uncomfortable but I think a lot of times the client respects it they're like okay I'll just like pause for a second and we'll do the next pose in a second because for me I feel like I learned a lot of what I like from modeling for other photographers by learning what I don't like and what they did that I did like so really fast-paced ones for me made me really anxious and then in my photos I was like halfway smiling awkwardly because I was nervous or probably just stressed so I think that slower structural approach in the beginning can definitely help the couple sometimes in my scenario with my type of clients yeah and even like confidence is like everything so I think like building that place of confidence in those couple in you know your couples um even if it is like a slower type pace the confidence is huge because then they'll feel like, okay, well, now we're making art. So let's like mm-hmm. be art, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'll totally like show them photos from the back of camera. I'll be like, look how good yeah. you guys look. Like it looks yeah. amazing. That way they like trust the vision, you know? Because when they don't know what it looks like, they're probably like, this is strange, you know? Yeah. So showing them it kind of helps. Yeah. Have you ever had a client that didn't align like with what you were trying to accomplish? And what did that look like? I honestly, I don't, I don't feel like I've had that happen. That's amazing. I may have had like, maybe when I was doing the old sessions, I definitely got some people who would fly in and they're more so on vacation and they just want that one hour shoot, cute, you know, coastal vibes. And Mm -hmm. for me, maybe that didn't totally fit who I am, but I could still accomplish what they wanted. And that's why I steered away from that. So I would say in those scenarios, it was less of aligning with who I am and more so just wanting that like good content for their social media and stuff, which is totally fine when you are a larger photographer, you're going to get like tourists and stuff. Um, But I've just realized those aren't for me anymore. So I would say that's the only scenario where I felt like we didn't fully align on vision because I wasn't super involved. It was just a one hour shoot at the beach. And I Mm. had been to that beach five times that month and I still delivered what they wanted, but I don't feel like emotionally it aligned with me. Right, right. Well, that's good. I mean, that's still a great thing. Clearly, your yeah. marketing is working in your favor because you're still getting a lot of those clients that align very well with what you're trying to accomplish. Um, okay, last question. I have to know, but like, what's your favorite thing about editing your photos? Your favorite thing to do in Lightroom? Is it cropping in sideways photos? Like, <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> um, I feel like I like the dehaze tool. Um, okay wait which way though like the negatives yeah okay I've heard of a lot of people that like like it like plus five and I like it like minus nine I like (laughs) that like soft cinematic I like raising the highlights and then lowering the dehaze and it gives that that kind of like vintage feel yeah Um, I'm big in that what used to be split toning now called color grading love yeah right 
Yeah. I know. That's so strange. That's I don't know why we changed that. <laughs> I don't know why we needed to change it. I don't know. Yeah. But love that side. I've been experimenting with doing some like motion blurs in Photoshop because I kind of didn't love what if it just looked so beautiful, but then it was blurry and I wish I had in focus. So I actually mm. don't do as many of those in camera anymore. And I throw them into Photoshop and I can like literally any type of motion blur you want is in Photoshop. It's so cool. Yeah. The radial one. I've had so many photographers at like workshops try and do it like manually. So I'm hard. like, you guys just do it in Photoshop. Like and it's way you're easier. missing like a really good shot of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, and also my favorite like function would be when you're in Lightroom and you can command E and it sends it to Photoshop and then you just command W and it sends it back into your Lightroom queue. I did. Oh, wait, that. I did not know that you can send no, it back. You can send it back and it puts it right back in your timeline so that when you export your gallery, it's right there instead of like when you put it in Photoshop and then you're like, now I'm just exporting it back into the folder, but it's like and mix it's match it's at not the like end. Line. Yeah. Yeah. You can just. Oh, my gosh. That is. That just blew my mind. Well, no, thank you I for that. No, when I found that out, I was like, my life has changed forever. <laughs> yep. I think mine has just changed. My mind is blown. That's amazing. So wait, Command E to get it, it into Photoshop, it Photoshop. And then Command w, w gets it back. And it puts it back. And now it puts it back, obviously, like as a, it's been edited in Photoshop. So you wouldn't want to edit like the preset. After. But is it still raw? Or so like it's the- not a raw when it puts it back. It would put it back from Photoshop and it's like, whatever JPEG. export from yeah jpeg okay um but if you already have it like edited like the colors in yeah. lightroom then you just command e do some creative editing command w put it back um wow and then when you export it just exports all as one seamless thing which was so good for me because i was trying to like export out of lightroom and then throw something in photoshop and then put it back in its folder mm-hmm. and i just hated how i had to like rename the file and it didn't feel like it fit yeah. back i don't know right. i didn't love that well, that's like um, game changing. So um, yeah. I also love that you use the negatives in dehaze. I know people like changing like the clarity and the texture knobs, but I didn't know anyone like doing the dehaze one. So that's really interesting. And I, oh, love, I love it. it. Dehaze all the way. Do you edit like based on mood? I, I would assume so. I f- yeah. I mean, I use basically the same one or two presets on every wedding slash session and Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people might think I don't because my work is pretty dynamic but I truly do edit for like what it is like in real life like Mm -hmm. almost I wouldn't say I'm true to tone in that sense that it is moody but I live in the PNW there is no sun here um so So it's definitely a moody environment (laughs) my work is gonna be more moody if I shot in the desert it would look like the desert if I shot Mm -hmm. in the forest it's gonna look like a forest um so I do feel like I edit definitely for the scenario or the mood that is just natural in that time. If it's a sunny day, I'm not going to make it look dark and moody. I'm going to make it look like how it looked. Right. But Yeah. I mean, I just live in a very moody environment. So I feel like that definitely plays into my work a lot. But when I shoot like on the East Coast or Northeast, like the sun is different there. So it's very interesting editing that work versus editing in the P&W. Yeah. I, yeah, I can speak to that coming from California and then going up to the PNW. I'm like, oh, this is very different than what the sun is different. I feel like the tone, yeah. the tones are different completely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can agree. Um, well, that's amazing and very insightful. I've learned. I just learned a huge thing from you with the Photoshop thing, but I've all, I love just hearing like your story and your process. And I think it's really enlightening for, um, for me in particular, just because my process is so different. So it's very, I think, inspiring. Um, but you have something exciting coming. You have summer school, right? Cause your name is summer and it's going to be like some courses. So tell us what that is. What's it going to be like? What's in it? I want to know. Tell us all the things. Yeah. So summer school, I feel like the name is so cute, but think of it like school, kind of like college. You have your 101s, your 102s, your 201s, your 202s. So basically, I do want it to be ever evolving. So starting out with the first one, if I can remember off the top of my head, we'll have photography 101, which is just basics for beginners. It'll be at a cheaper price point and they'll all be tiered based off of the value. Mm -hmm. Film photography 101 wedding photography 101 which will probably be the most extensive it'll take you from inquiry to booking to exporting to what I use to back up my files and all the things of how I can shoot a wedding successfully and deliver and book the client so that one's Mm -hmm. actually super awesome we'll have like 
softwares 101, all the softwares you need to actually do this successfully, all of the random things like JPEG mini to backblaze, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, the posing one, and I don't actually know if I'm going to call it posing 101 yet. I might call it storytelling 101. Ooh, I love that one better. That's my vote. I know. So <laughs> I haven't, we're finishing that course this weekend. I didn't love since my style, since my whole approach to everything has been changing in the past six months, which has been while we've been recording this, mm. I felt like I really wanted to redo it. So we're going to have a whole new session that I planned and we're going to re-record all of the speaking this weekend. So let's hope that we get through it all. And as long as we get through it all, it will be released. And hopefully every course will be released by April or like in April. April. Yeah. So awesome. there is like two more and I would literally just have to look at my notes to remember what all we recorded. But we were in the <laughs> studio for like a week and a half in November. And then we also recorded in December. We recorded the first session in Utah, the second recording in Atlanta. And now we're finishing it in Seattle. So it's been a whole journey wow. um, with a videography team. So it's going to be cool. And I kind of like, instead of one large mastermind or one large course, it'll be little mini 101s so that hopefully by fall we could have fall semester release of 102s Mm, and kind of evaluate the 102s from there like we'll have a creative shooting 101 covering how I use all of my weird tips and tricks like cellophane and stuff like that but then in a 102 it'd go more in depth like multiple exposures and things that are harder and not for beginners yeah well I love that idea I think that's an amazing way and I was just talking about this but uh, rooted, we have like something similar coming where, um, not, not like to what you're doing, but like, we're, I don't want to give it away. I'm just, you guys are just going to have to stay tuned because the announcement's coming soon, but, um, more affordable education, because I think right now people are just like having a hard time paying thousands of dollars for a mastermind or a course or something that they are not sure they're going to get a lot of value from. And so, um, and a lot of high touch points. So I love summer school. I love that idea. And I think it's, I love that it's also ever adapting because I think that's something that, you know, we always say like, oh, our education is evergreen, but there's, there's things that are always changing and trends and things that are good to know too. So, um, so where can people, yeah, sorry, you go. Oh, I was just going to say there's going to be a social media one, but like social media changes so fast. Yeah. I already want to make a 102 because I'm like, right. the 101 <laughs> from November is almost inaccurate. You, not yeah. that it's inaccurate. It'll be great. A lot of it's mindset since it's a 101. So a lot of it isn't like tangible knowledge, but it's very mindset. How can you really do this and like enjoy it and not get, yeah. I've had so many friends like mental health get bad from social media. So it's a lot more right. on that side of how to build it into habits. But even on that sense, like that changes so often to have like mm-hmm. a social media mastermind just wouldn't make sense, you know? Right. Right. I agree. Like reels wasn't a thing like a year ago, yeah. two years ago. And now it's like all that we're doing. So <laughs> talk was barely a thing. Like, yeah. 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 Before COVID. Yeah. Um, so Summer, where can people follow up with you, get in touch with you, learn more about all of your things? Um, right now you can follow me on Instagram at summergrace.photo or period photo. Uh, my website is www.summergracephoto.com where you can see some work. I'm working on some new blogs and stuff like that. But for now, just the Instagram and then the course platform will hopefully be launching in April. Awesome. Sounds good. Summer, this has been so much fun and I've just loved having you on. Thank you for coming, even though I know you're sick and I know that that is hard. Yes. <laughs> you did great. Your voice did Thank great. Yeah. too nasty. Not at all. Not at all. Well, um, thanks everybody for listening. Follow up with Summer. Get involved with Summer School. Um, and Summer, thank you for coming on the show. Make sure to rate, leave a review, do whatever you can for the podcast. We love your reviews. We love your feedback. And um, that's all I've got for you guys today. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more tips and leave a review to help get the word out about our podcast. Resources and notes about what we talked about today are also available at www.rootedwrkshp.com slash show notes, all for free. I'm so excited you tuned in today and I can't wait to share more with you soon. Until next time and God bless.